A luxury you can't live without. A luxury I can't live without. Coffee. I really like good it's coffee. It's not a luxury you can get it anywhere. Ah, I guess, yeah, I like good coffee. What's, uh, I love coffee, too. I like nice socks. Socks. Your, your socks, would you put in your shoes? Yeah, I really love them. I like kind of like, you know, cozy feet. You're attracted to your socks. I'm attracted to really nice running socks. Like, I'm always looking for good running you know, socks. Not, that's not a luxury, though. Coffee and socks are not a luxury. All right, give me a luxury. Which, what luxury should I have? Private plane. Larry, I'm on DuckTales. <laughs> DuckTales. Uh, that was Danny Pudi on Larry King, and uh, you sent me that clip, and it's, it's hilarious. It's perfect. Truly one of my favorite clips of all time that I've ever seen. Um, it's, a, it's, it's really good. It's not like Larry King d- doesn't get it. He just, he you know, he's not totally disconnected. He's just making this point that, yeah, playing is a luxury, but it's like, what are we talking about? Come on, Larry. Yeah, <laughs> what's think, the, what's the point of this of, line of questioning? <laughs> yeah, I think part of the charm and part of what it was about Larry King is like he was he seemed simultaneously in on the joke and not in on the joke uh-huh, at the same that, time. It's 50/50. Like he kind of knew really what he was doing is. and he was leaning into it and uh-huh. then the other part it was like, do you know what's what's happening here? Like do you understand the subtleties of it's what's going on? It's almost as here? if he is uh, playing a character along with not playing a cat like he's 50 yeah. percent playing yeah, a character exactly. of a guy that is uh asking these crazy questions but he knows better that's but, putting it better than that's uh, what i was trying to say there, there is well, a sure, um yeah. an old i think it was snl but it was either snl or one of those comedy shows but an old clip where somebody comes on and i just remember it was one of those clips that just always stuck in my head because made me laugh so hard right and it's like it, it cuts back as if it's a real Larry King show and whoever the comedian is says, welcome back to Larry King live. I am Larry King. And yes, these are my real shoulders. <laughs> you just got those coat hanger yeah, shoulders. Huge. You know, they're just so what straight is it? and so weird. Oh man. And it really, really cracked me up. I've the never worst posture of any, of any guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we crack jokes cause we love, uh, what an icon. Yeah, really. He passed away, uh, seemingly from COVID. He was going through COVID treatments and, uh, and that's that, you know, and then he died. Wow. So, oh, yeah. um, he was, let's see, he was uh, 87, but we'll talk a little bit more about deaths in our death section. Um, but 87 is uh, a pretty good young, yeah. run, run, but it, it is kind of a bummer when a uh, pandemic uh, cuts whatever time. I got something to uh, tell you about short. right off the bat because it's it's oh, a, yeah, it's a dream I had last night. So like when I woke oh, up a few hours man. ago, I was like, this, this is, is kicking this it off, is the right. craziest thing. And Patrick's going to appreciate this. So um, I was hanging out hardcore with Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't care really about so michael excited. jordan i've never he, he doesn't hold any significant place in my head anymore but it was 90s jordan so very oh yeah like late let's 80s, just talk about early 90s but here's the thing it was late 80s early 90s jordan but it was um it was today so as if that jordan lived okay. today and okay. he had the wealth and fame that he does today. I mean, I, he had it then too. But right, um, right. but in terms of him physically and emotionally, he was kind of a kid, like early twenties, mid twenties. I love it. And so we were hanging out, and I was I was in a, a, a like a very work role. Like I think I was maybe a reporter or something. Like picture like an almost famous situation, like a reporter right, that right. kind of gets chummy because he's got this this you know thing. Anyways, so the point is, there's not a whole lot of specifics. I've got some specifics, but the biggest one was that 
Nike came out with a new shoe, and I bought them for him and was just like, hey, man, th- I got you these. <laughs> and he he was like, uh, yeah, thanks, man. You know, he was very nice about it, but he didn't want to tell me that he didn't like them, like the style of them. <laughs> and so he didn't tell me that, but I put that together pretty quickly. That it, They weren't his style. And then we went yeah, on this yeah. long journey of looking at other shoes that he did like and one of them were like these very weird um like a teva style like sandals you know strap around yeah. sandal he yeah. was like yeah i dig those and and we went through this whole long thing and then there was a whole other a bit about um him being the one that funded the movie gone in 60 seconds the the recent the one f- like that he paid to have that movie made you know he didn't direct it but you know and i remember saying man you, you just picked the right you just I'll pick all the right things man it's great <laughs> i love gone in 60 seconds um and he was you really nailed it with that one he, yeah and he was really he was really modest he was living he, he was being driven around in like a rolls royce but he was um he was living in a very small house um like in his old bedroom from when he was a kid and he was just like oh a God. very simple guy. Yeah. You know, it was very bizarre, but it, there was a lot to it. This was a very long, super vivid dream I had. And I was like, I got to, I got to tell Patrick. Well, Anyways. this is so awesome. And I'm glad you shared. <laughs> I, I, this makes me question God and everything else that you would get to exist <laughs> ha- in this dream and experience dream. this. <laughs> and I, and I am not, um, right, right. as much as I try to think about Mike right before I fall asleep each night. <laughs> No, um, this is funny. funny. Uh, you know, I, I, I wrote a script once that was uh, essentially, it's not really based on Michael Jordan, but kind of a, a, a fictitious take on him where a fan does just sort of randomly run into an older, this is not a young version, this is yeah. a 20 years removed from the game, Michael Jordan style guy who really is struggling with not having the spotlight anymore. Oh, yeah. And while Michael Jordan is my hero, I do think it's kind of that blessing and curse thing where it's like, okay, you were built to do this one thing. And guess what? That career ends for you, you athletes in you know mid to late thirties, and then there's a lot of life left. So, it's and they don't sweet, go on yeah. buying shoes and having a good time. It's more of sort of a reckoning of like, uh, oh, this is my hero. Oh my god, is he miserable now? You know what I mean? What yeah. what is this? So, but anyway, um, that's that's fun, man. I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm glad you got to. Experience I don't know that what dream. to make of it. <laughs> I actually weird. this this was not a dream, but I actually saw a funny story that I wanted to share real quickly. It's not really relevant to anything, but, um, well, that's uh, what we're all about here. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, Patrick Stewart was on, this is an old Graham Norton, uh, episode from okay. that show, uh, in great Britain. And they were, they were talking about, he was basically asking people, you know, do you watch your performance? That same thing where it's like, do you watch your performances? One actor might one, another one. No, I can't stand it. I'll, I'll never be able to act again if I watch myself. And Patrick Stewart just kind of said, well, you know, not, regularly not deliberately but you know okay you are on television you find after 40 years and you know big stuff that you are on tv sometimes you might be flipping through on a lonely night in a hotel where you've traveled and you're going to set he said there was one in particular he said that i'll never forget um he said i just landed that evening i was i was very tired um had to prep for the next morning to be on set and he's like you know the only there were no restaurants left i was able to call down and order room service and I was just sitting in the hotel, you know, flipping through channels. He said, and the, an old episode from first season of Star Trek Next Generation came on. And it was just like, oh, God, you know, it's been so long. And he's like, I, you know, obviously I haven't watched yeah. any of these since we were working, you know, on them and stuff. Sure. He's like, and it's on. And I'm kind of watching. I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, and uh, Jonathan is so young. And you know what I mean? He's like, I'm so young. And we're just watching kind of a scene after the other. He's like, and, you know, I, I left it. 
uh, he was like, I wasn't watching after about five minutes and I, I jumped in the shower really quickly. And by the time I came out with my robe, um, the room service was there. And of course I opened the door and the guy comes in and here I am standing in my robe with a version of me <laughs> from 30 years before on the television screen. Yeah. And it's a scene right then of me. Yeah. And of course the guy looks at me, <laughs> kind of looks at the screen. <laughs> In a very like judgmental way, sure. I'm like okay, man, enjoy your time with your food and your robe. You're watching yourself. <laughs> um, he's like, so it doesn't always go 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 well. He's like, I felt about uh, two inches tall. I thought that was pretty hilarious. That guy obviously wasn't a Star Trek fan because if, if he <laughs> right, was, right. you'd be like, this is the dream. Yeah, he, exactly. He cares. He cares exactly. enough to be watching it. Um, oh my god. Yeah, that's so funny. funny. Well, anyway. uh, that's wonderful. I think we should go right into uh, some movies we've been watching. I know we've oh, man. Ha- had a lot since last time. Our fr- our last episode was like the beginning of January, um, and now it's very much the end of January. Uh, and you're probably listening to this in February. So uh, here we go. <laughs> um, I would like to just start out, and we could kind of go back and forth, but uh, with my favorite thing I've seen since then, and one of my favorites from this year so far, I'm hoping it's up for some awards, uh, is The Sound of Metal. Did you watch that? I haven't watched that, no. I know about it. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. And uh, even, it's a good story, but even above the story is just some wonderful performances, uh, some of the best of the year. And it's it's definitely a, uh, of all these movies, there's a lot of indie movies, a lot of small movies that I'm trying to watch and stuff that seems like it might be, you know, Oscar Beatty stuff. We'll see. Right. Um, this one feels like the most substantial, probably. Like, if it were in theaters, this would be the one that Landmark was doing, like, a big, you know, many screen showing of. It just right. feels right. feels the most significant. So, highly recommend Sound of Metal. Um, okay. What do you got? Okay. Um, well, I want to save uh, one tor- towards the end. I don't know if I'll do it towards the end of the movies we've seen or, or sure. at the end of the episode. Um, but did we, it's been such a long time, man. Did we talk about trial of the Chicago seven last time? Do you remember? Um, I mean, I watched it, uh, and I, I think we did talk about it on an episode, but I, I assume you had watched it when it came out. I don't remember though. Yeah. I caught it later. So oh, if we okay. talked about it, I think it was just you. Maybe I, so me. I yeah. just wanted to mention that yeah, one. until, until the thing that I'm saving, which is not a traditional movie. Yeah. I think trial of the Chicago seven may have been my favorite thing that I've seen this year. I realize I still haven't seen That's a lot good, of the man. Oscar baby yeah. stuff. Um, I, I'm kind of a sucker anyway for courtroom setting stuff yeah. and maybe yeah. part of that's my dad or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and, and thinking about Sorkin and thinking about, and I know Sorkin's not for everybody and some people don't like this or that about him, but, um, but I've always been a fan and going back to a few good men and thinking about that kind of his start and sort of this bit of a movie that I love still, but is very much kind of a early nineties kind of courtroom movie, yeah. uh, was full of stars and things and kind of thinking about that and then thinking about this and two things that are actually both true stories, but obviously a few good men, takes a lot more liberties learning that trial of Chicago seven actually took the actual court reporting and mm-hmm. used all the dialogue from the trial. Right. Really. I don't know, like really, really means something to me. I don't really know how to articulate it, but just following what really happened in that courtroom <laughs> and how many, how many things you might guess weren't true. You yeah, know what I mean? Like right. we're, we're like, like hey, that this would is never a representation yeah, of yeah. something that happened, but it didn't actually happen. Sure. And just all of the performances, I just, I think I was just into the setting. I think it's topical, you know, considering the time period and where we're in kind of politically and everything else, uh, even though this is a different time, it felt very relevant. I'm keyed into that right now, as a lot of people are. But then on top of that, 
just all of the performances. I mean, I don't think there was one bad performance. Sasha Baron Cohen blew my fucking mind. Yep. Like, that's yeah. not something he's supposed to do and do well. <laughs> and I know he was still kind of a quirky guy because of the person he was embodying. But, um, sure. but I really, really loved it uh, and was really, really uh, moved by it. And I, I was just in for every beat. I'm um, with you, man. Uh, there, a, a lot of fan. critics were very cynical about it. They called it kind of very flat and very... Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, even some people were calling it problematic in a certain way. Mm-hmm. I just, I mm-hmm. think it was uh, really, really good. And um, yeah, I couldn't disagree with that stuff more. You know, uh, I've read that right, stuff too, right. but I just totally disagree on that. And um, critics, anyway. So. I, I, and I have not seen. I was thinking about it because around this time of the year, I start trying to think about what are my favorite things, you know, that I've mm-hmm. seen in sure, this past yeah. year. And like we talked about already, I mean, this is just going to be so different. Not only was 2019 a year where I think I liked more than I usually do mm-hmm. in, in a while. But but I've also just there's just less things I've seen a lot, but less things kind of in this field that stand that out. I've seen yeah. so far. So maybe this is just the first of many that I'll end up liking. But right now, that, that hopefully was kind of the, so. The I think that we're still due for quite a few of these significant movies before Oscar time that are possibly still in, you know, in the running. I forget what all the requirements are for the Oscars this year, but I think it goes a little bit further than it used, you know, than it than it did last time. Right. Uh, in terms right on. Of date and everything but um some of the other oscar kind of baity movies uh one night in miami did you guys watch that yeah yeah caught that one what'd you think about that um i, I assume you saw it i yeah i very much enjoyed it i think regina king this is her first theatrical movie like she's yep. directed yep. some other stuff but i think that uh it shows incredible skill with the actors and with the dialogue and you know so many movies are so technically well made um and then kind of fall flat in the performances or they mm-hmm. fall flat in how it's directed and i and i thought she did a really wonderful job um for a first you know uh, theatrical film um, yeah i thought she nailed it i thought she I, nailed it. the guy that uh played uh, uh malcolm x uh, kingsley ben adir is his name he i thought was really really wonderful but yeah, they all great. all of them they were, all really were just yeah. really were wonderful all really and yeah. the story, I know that it's a fictionalized kind of uh, fever dream of a of a story, but it uh, just wonderful. I mean, the uh, yeah, the beats are great. Um, and you know what's great about it? It, it um, I mean, essentially, I, I've talked to a couple of people that actually found it kind of boring or didn't finish it. And I, and I actually under while I think it was great and I really yeah. appreciate it. And I again, I would put it in the top handful of things this year. I understand why it's not going to maybe work for everybody because it is sort of a theatrical play put on screen as much as I think it's a creatively filmed thing. But this film completely hinges on the actress performances like we talked about and just keeping it moving and interesting because you are in an enclosed space. You are staying at this one hotel. You're in a room on a roof and then back in the room, that kind of thing. Um, But what I thought it did so well is, um, you know, talking about a, a complex issue and, not just being a black man during that time or any time in America, but being a person of fame or a yeah. political figure um, and the complexity of that. Right. And having to navigate that and try to try to exist. It, I thought it was really I, it was just really thought provoking to listen to them go back and forth and and make very valid points on mm-hmm. different sides from various opinions. Like you think 
maybe this is just me as the outsider, like the white guy looking in, but you think about, oh, I don't understand the black experience like through their lens, which I know I don't. But then you still think about it as like one lens Mm -hmm. when in actuality, just like everybody, there's four guys in that room and they've got four different lenses. Like they are definitely coming from a more common ground than I, I would understand. Right. But I just was very, very pulled in by one point that's made and I'm just like, wow, like he, he really said it. And then another guy, you know, jockeying back and mm-hmm. being like, oh shit, like, okay, that, that in no way does that make the, the previous thing that was said less relevant. There's no but clear, it's just a great um, yeah, uh, kind of a s- superseding point at any given time. Like it's, it's, it's incredibly subjective. So many of the points right. that they make. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with all that. And you know, the writer, uh, Kemp powers, he's done virtually nothing else. He did this. Huh. See, I didn't even he, look into He co wrote Soul, like meaning that other movie right, we just right. talked about. And he was a staff writer on Star Trek Discovery, which is not a great sign. Um, but like virtually no <laughs> credits, you know? And I'm like, wow, this is a, a really wonderful. Well, they have some now. Kind of, yeah, I mean, it's obviously should. an ad. He, he, wrote the, he wrote the play also. But, anyways, it's just uh, great. Um, the next one I want to mention did you guys watch Promising Young Woman? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we did. <laughs> real quick, my two cents, because I don't want to get super into this one, but I thought that that um, it had a, an amazing trailer and a lot of the yeah, hype the leading up to it amazing. was like, this is one of the, you know, movies this year. Boom. You know, this is this is a this is a significant. And I I I found it even though the, the subject that it tackles is very important. I thought it was kind of flat the tone was all over the place i really felt lost in the tone of the movie okay. um and uh g- great performances i like <clears throat> i love the cast all these people are great yeah everybody um but uh i just thought it probably struggled f- more from directing this is a good example of like the opposite of the you know regina king situation is like it has all the parts of of a great movie and then it it yeah. feels lost, uh, you know, and I think that's the director's fault. But uh, well, I'm not going to disagree with you. I'll, I'll just talk about the stuff I really liked in it. I thought the the choice of music to me was was really <laughs> sure. really you know good, and it yes. just made it pop. You know what I mean? I guess that's the best way I could say yeah. it. Um, I thought the lead performance particularly was was really really. I mean, just really really good. Yeah. Um, you know, it it gets to a point without getting too spoilery. It gets to a point you're leading up to. It, it wasn't what I expected. That's the first yeah, thing I'll me say. Me too. Yeah. It wasn't what I expected. It wasn't quite the. I mean, when I was first looking at this, I was thinking almost like a, not the same tone, but almost like a Kill Bill female yeah. empowerment, like uh-huh. taking the power back type of thing. It right from the beginning, it it doesn't fully commit to that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of touching on the thread of that, but right. not if you know what I mean. Again, without getting too spoiler. Then it gets to towards the end, it gets to a point where uh, a certain thing happens and then you're kind of like, wait, what? Like after all of this, yeah, you know, now we're going this way. But ultimately, I, I kind of do think, you know, not to say there's no problems in the movie. I kind of felt like it ended in the only way it could. Yeah. Uh, if you want to pay respect to this problem while right. also taking a little bit of the power back for, for a female that has to exist yeah. in – the world as it is now society as it is now um because it was like both a win and a loss and and i just feel mm-hmm. like if it was you know the full kill bill thing where you walk off into the sunset after writing all these yeah. wrongs i felt like that would feel disingenuous a you know, little that's cheap not the people's yeah, yeah. experience for sure but at the same time you don't want to go on this journey and then see somebody not win out it's so tough, I, yeah. I felt like just in terms of the story by the end of it i was kind of like okay i think that's the only way this could have gone 
However, like I don't disagree with you on a lot of the beats and and it, it, it did kind of wave and sort of meander. And maybe that was intentionally intentional. Maybe it was kind of like this is a reflection of how lost someone is. When right. They sort of it's lose more about the trauma than yeah. the, the yeah, right. like the adventure. But it, but it might not have yeah. been, too. I mean, I, I think we're pretty similar on that one. Um, I watched it with Jess and we both we weren't quite sure what to say about it when, when we finished. But we were both right. glad we watched it. So um, my mom told me about the Bee Gees documentary like months ago or whenever it came out. And I kind of ignored it because I don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen my it. mom was like, you probably don't know much about the Bee Gees, do you? And like, I feel like I'm fairly informed with music stuff. I mean, at least to For some sure. degree. No, definitely you are. And I watched the Bee Gees doc and I was just like, holy shit, I didn't know anything about these guys. I don't think I knew that they were brothers. I don't think I knew they were British. <laughs> like there are so many elements to the story. Uh, and and not to mention the you know the the fact that they go through so many decades and reinvent themselves and it's right, just like right. really a wild story. So anybody that likes like rock docs, uh, I know our friend Tyler uh, was was uh, oh, talking yeah. about it on yeah, uh, God, on yeah. on Facebook, but and he's a huge you know. Uh, Docu- uh, you know, music documentary guy. But anyways, it's great. It's just a really well, I mean, it's directed by uh, Frank Marshall, uh, produced oh, by well, Frank okay. Marshall yeah. and Kathleen Kennedy. Like it's a, it's a very significant um, uh, piece of like rock history or okay, pop history. Cool, cool. So uh, check that out you know, for sure. That's, that's really a, uh, a subject matter. That's just ripe for mining because it, any group that's been around for that long, even yeah. if you're not necessarily into their music, what I found with these kind of documentaries is like, you don't have to love the music, the story around, whatever it is, is probably going to be pretty interesting. I mean, existing for that long in an evolving business as interesting as, you know, music, just like movies is usually pretty interesting. You mentioned that one. Um, This is one that came out maybe a year or two ago as well that we got to. Did you ever see Hitsville? Um, It's like the making of Motown basically is the documentary. Um, it, it's, uh, another one of those kind of, a, a almost like a, a TV media type of documentary. It's not like you're going to leave and be like, Oh my God, you know, they made this doc, the making right. of this documentary, unbelievable. But once again, just the subject of this is so ripe for, I mean, Motown is, it's unbelievable when you think about like, it really is unparalleled in, in just in regards of like, wait, how many people did you guys have? How many stars did you, you had Smokey Robinson and you had the temptations and you brought, you know what I mean? And you, Oh, uh, you found, you found Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? Like you began, right. I mean, you go on and on and it gets into kind of the people you would list as like the B level people for, for that, you know, on that list. Right. Yeah. But then it just, and even that is like incredible. You could make a whole documentary just of that. I mean, Stevie wonder, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it just on and on and on. So That we really enjoyed. I mean, just cutting back and forth from kind of inventing that, trying to exist as a as a, you know, black business. Right. And how, you know, at this day and age, how no, that's a black song. We don't play that song here or we're still touring around in the early days and they've separated the whites and the blacks in the crowd. But we're black performers. Everyone's coming to see our music. Right. And we've been labeled black performers instead of just performers. So there's all this double standard stuff and how, you know, one guy talking about having a gun placed to his head because they got off the bus and it was late at night and he ran towards the bathroom because he had to pee so bad. And he had inadvertently walked into the white bathroom and the sheriff of the town putting a pistol. He's like, I can still feel it to this day. I thought I was dead. Yeah. And just saying, get the hell out of here. You know, it just and, and that's not the whole thing it's about. I mean, that's actually just something they touch on. But. Then then feeling the other side of it where you're you're talking to these people that sort of started Motown and how, you know, they're like, well, I've hired all the best people and, you know, we need other perspectives. And I've got this white guy that I that I really get along with. And now I'm getting pressure from the black community. Why did you hire a white person? You know, even though I've given I've got more black jobs and he's like, look, I'm just trying to 
hire whoever the best is and we all make money. And, and honestly, it hits on some of the stuff that One Night in Miami does yeah, where they're, same deal. you know, they're talking to Sam Cook and they're, he's basically talking about, you know, I exist in this world. Don't think I've forgotten where I come from, but I'm trying to exist as a business person so I can do more, you know, down the road. Anyway, yeah. it's a really good doc. And, you know, whether you like Motown or not, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Motown, but, um, sure. or just, you know, just says, no, I don't, I don't want that. But it's really, really good too, worth checking out. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I watched News of the World. Did you catch that yet? Haven't gotten to that yet. I can't wait, but I haven't seen it yet. It's good. You know. Um. I, you know. I don't. I don't know. Um. How it would be received if it was a theater only. You know, like if we had seen it on Christmas as the big theater. But you know, right. seeing it as a streaming movie, <clears throat> at least us where we don't have movie theaters right now. Um. It's not particularly well. Like, did you see Greyhound? Did you watch no, Greyhound? See, from I, see, a few I still haven't. Ago? I've never gotten to Greyhound. Oh, you gotta, so. you gotta get uh, Apple TV Plus. But anyways, yeah, yeah uh, we're News on. of the World is just on VOD right now. But anyways, it's, it feels the same to me. Greyhound is like a big budget concept with a small budget, and you know that's fine. That's actually more impressive generally, and that's how this one feels. Is that like? It probably was made for a lot less than what we would expect. It's a very small cast. Very, you know, locate locations are kind of sparse and mostly like kind of deserty stuff, um, but not particularly well shot or directed or edited. Like the technical aspects, I'm like, eh, it's fine. You know, it's, yeah, right, it's okay. Right. I actually thought the editing was kind of weak. But then you have Tom Hanks, um, and I don't know how many movies he's played in like a western genre. And I can't I can't think of None. any yeah. like but it's weird because you see him in that in that um kind of that outfit that look and yeah. then the character oh, yeah. that he's playing in that in that era and you're like this might be the most like fitting Tom Hanks role I've seen in a very oh. long time see, like even so more so than other things where I'm like he needs to make western he needs to make a shitload right. of these because <laughs> right. him in this era the dialogue is obviously very like specific to the era and everything. And you're just like, yeah, this is perfect. He also looks great. He's got like a, you know, like a five o'clock shadow or he's got like a little bit of beard coming on, which you don't see very often with him and him with the cowboy hat. There's something about it. You're just like fucking Tom Hanks. He's well, you're touching on what made me so excited about this when I first saw it, because it's kind of like, it reminded me a little bit of when road to perdition trailers Uh, first started coming out. mm -hmm. And we were like, has Tom Hanks ever played a villain? And forget about being a villain. Cause when you watch that, it's not really that clear cut, but like, He's an assassin. Like this is Tom. This is fucking Forrest Gump over here. You know what I mean? It's just like satisfying. Apollo thirteen, yeah. big, yeah. yeah. So and you know, it's just he's an American staple. I mean, to me, Tom Hanks is like our modern day like Jimmy Stewart. I mean, he's yeah. just like an American. He's as American as like apple pie. You know, yep. to quote a cliche. But um, like that was what was so excited about this. And you know, I love westerns, so I I can't wait. It's just one. That I, sure. that I haven't gotten yeah. to yet, um, but I'm very excited about it, so I'm ha- happy to hear that. Um, I've got a few more. Uh, do you have uh, any more movies? I, I have a few as well, yeah. We've been rattling off a bunch, and it's yeah, been a while shoot. since we've been back. But um, So I, I uh, just got to uh, Fat Man, which you had told me about with, with Mel Gibson. Did you like it? Yeah, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it, man, it's and I understand fun, what it man. is. I'm not, yeah. yeah, outside of Reindeer Games, this is probably my favorite uh, <laughs> of all. They have such a similar <laughs> vibe, like, it's yeah. great. I think I mentioned that. It, I was just like, they feel like kindred spirits, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Jess probably leaned into me 15 times during the course of this movie and said, what is this movie? <laughs> like, like, I mean, just like, you it know, knows what following it's doing. this assassin like 100% the whole time. Knows yeah. what it's doing. So just super enjoyable. I mean, it's not going to be for everybody. I'm not even giving it a recommend. I'm just saying I loved watching it. 
it. Yes, um, I knew you would. Uh, one that was older that I never saw that we also watched um, on HBO uh, this past week was, have you ever seen Gremlins 2? The no, new batch. I've never watched it. And have I you was ever watched Gremlins? Have you seen Gremlins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've okay. seen Gremlins. So same times. thing, right? Like I've seen Gremlins a handful of times and never watched Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 is one of those so batshit crazy that you, you won't defend it, but like once again, just kind of a super enjoyable yeah. uh, experience for me. There is, I mean, I guess the gremlins sort of, at least one of them become kind of intelligent enough to be articulate and speak, you know, and talk about uh-huh. you know, our demands and what we want. And the voice work for that one gremlin who's kind of telling humans like what they want is uh, worth the t- uh, the price of admission really? or whatever okay. you want to say. I um, it. It, it was, it was fun. Um, it, you know, and again, that's nothing new. People have probably uh, seen that. Um, there's a smaller movie. Um, that we watch called, it's called the long dumb road. Um, oh. and I don't know if you've even heard of that, Let but, me um, refresh my memory. Yeah. It's uh hang on a minute. Uh, it's, um, I'm trying to, God, now I'm blanking on the, on the Oh, I, it's Jason Manzukis. I did uh, watch it. it. It's the road trip movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I it, enjoyed it. I just like, I like Jason Manzukis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to say. If you're a Manzukis fan and you like his crazy antics, yeah, it's from then a couple of years like ago. It. But yeah, yeah that if is... you don't, you may not. Right, exactly. Um, but it's, that was you know, it's well. about a uh, the kid's a photographer, right? And yep, um, yep, yep. And he's heading towards college, I, and he ends up picking up this guy on the road. It's cute. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was it's a just fun like one. a cute small movie. Right, exactly. Uh, and then the other uh, one I wanted to mention. It's another kind of media style documentary, but Robin Williams' Come Inside My Mind. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, that uh, advertised at all or ah. popped up at all. But um, it, it's another one that just Robin Williams is just so fascinating. It's kind of like the same as the Motown thing where it just covers the the breadth of his career, you know, and the length of his career and kind of how it started. I don't and did. think and I watched this. But... There's even an interview with one of his kids and I've never really heard his children talk about him right. um, and how, you know, how much they wanted to be around him and how he was a great father, but he was so busy with work, you know, and making other kids, you know, happy in different ways. Right. Um, that you know now they look back and wish maybe they'd had some more time but anyway yeah. it's just a, it's kind of a fascinating look at to me just one of the ultimate entertainers i mean he's kind of like a in the same way jim carrey i think is where it's just sort of like okay you're just you were just kind of born to bounce around it, and it still hurts his passing probably of anybody yeah. i can think of in my lifetime that's probably the one of entertainers yeah. i think that might be the one that hurts the most and i think right. a lot of well, people are still hesitant to like even watch his movies because it's just too sad for sure um, for sure uh, yeah so I just died um I, I want to like i said i want to save this last one i think i'm going to save it for I, the end i know which one that is down. and and i watched it also so we'll talk about it um, okay cool but I'm, and I'm if you're rattle. listening this is a this is a sad uh statement but please uh uh don't don't leave i want to recommend this so uh yeah. you know make it to the end or yeah, <laughs> yeah get yeah. tired of us talking i'm gonna to rattle end. off a few real quick that i saw that i want to recommend some new ones there's a okay. movie uh newish movie called another round which before covid was starting to make the rounds you know the trailer at like indie theaters but it's a danish movie but it's mads mickelson plays okay a high school teacher and the premise is that him and all his buddy high school teachers they've read some kind of studies that if you just drink a little bit of alcohol all day you exist in a better place and you can kind of be a better person if you, but you know, just being very slightly drunk all the time, 
until like 8 p.m. and then you sleep and then you wake up and then you drink all day and you know and and it's it's not overly like analytical or scientific but it's attempting to be and the whole thing is that these guys are like all right we're gonna do a report because they think they're intellectuals so they're like we're gonna do a report essentially a case study on this the four of us are going to do this over the course of you know an amount of time and so they all start just drinking every day and it's uh, as you can imagine it escalates and it's really a movie about like alcoholism and everything (laughs) but it's fucking so interesting and original and it's it's about personality it's about people's changes in personality you know when they're drunk um and uh and it takes a very kind of like matter of fact approach to alcoholism uh and just alcohol consumption uh than it being you know uh, a big deal um and right. it's very interesting um i would highly well, recommend it i've got a doctor's appointment coming up soon so i'll definitely mention this as <laughs> yeah, a yeah, yeah. Lifehouse choice. Tell and me, also yeah, watch this really good documentary <laughs> that uh you know I, what do you think yeah seem pretty scientific um <laughs> and then the other thing that reminds me of is i do remember there were some older kids from me in, in high school my freshman year uh, when I was playing varsity soccer and I was maybe a little too young to be around them who right. had suggested, you know, look, you never experience a hangover if you just stay drunk. Right. And their whole theory was, you know, if we stay <laughs> yeah. drunk all summer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then we don't ever have to have You get hangover. used to it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, a couple more that are new movies uh, that, uh, you know, I've been reading a lot of like the top movie lists. You know, there's a lot of articles. Yeah, of course, of course. Just trying to catch up on stuff that might end up being eligible or up for awards. Um, there's a little British movie called Sorry We Missed You that is very small and it's about like essentially like a, a UPS type driver um, that uh, is just struggling. It's just a family drama about him and his kids and their very like low income British family and, you know, just struggling to get by. It's really a movie about the class that they're in and how they can kind of never get a leg up. And that's obviously big, yes. big in, in our world right now is just the little people never getting a leg up um, and no one giving that nobody, contributing to help them at all um, and only pushing them further, further down. And so that's what it is. It's a small movie, but it's incredibly well performed and acted. It's, you know, it, it looks like, you know, it costs 10 bucks, but it, you know, but in a good way is very, very wonderful performances, incredibly naturalistic. If you're into like, that kind of slice of life style of movie where everything just feels like, Oh my God, I'm just watching a family like unravel and it feels real. That's what this movie is. Um, right. I, okay. I really enjoyed that. I watched, uh, actually last night and this morning, a new, another Apple TV plus movie with Justin Timberlake called Palmer, which is very similar. Oh, You've already seen it. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. It's on Apple TV plus now. So I watched it. I saw and, the um, I can't, I can't, um, uh, I, I, uh, I can't think of anything else that Timberlake has done like this, so I give him a lot of credit for a, a very great performance. Um, but the kid in it, which is really... It's about Justin's character, but it's kind of more about the kid. And the kid is an, a, a brand new kid, you know, introducing this kid yeah. named Ryder Allen. Um, wonderful, wonderful, you know, child performance. Uh and so I recommend that. It's a small movie about kind of an ex-con, Justin Timberlake. He gets out of prison, and he ends up kind of befriending and helping take care of a small child. Uh, you know, he's like maybe eight or something like that. Right. Um, but right. this kid is um, – uh, I'm not even sure what the politically correct word is, but he is uh, – he has characteristics of uh, kind of gender neutrality, and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, right. he kind of isn't one thing. 
and uh, just the the drive to support this kid. And I, I just I thought it was very good. Um, okay. Will it be up for Oscars? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Right. But yeah. Um, yeah. but what's funny is you know who directed it is this guy Fisher Stevens. He's an actor. He was in like Mario Brothers, yeah, I, know I that think. Name. Um, but he directed most recently. The thing I know him from is that he directed a documentary called Before the Flood, the DiCaprio like global warming movie and that right, was a big right. movie a few years ago but look him up it's interesting his career but he directed this and it's on apple tv plus um and uh in terms of other new movies i just want to mention i watched unhinged the russell crowe movie that was a fun ride if you're into like just a crazy did you watch that uh no i haven't what, but i've, I've wa- seen watch it. some about watch it, it. Yeah, it's, I've read it's, a little bit. it's um it actually surprised me at how like dark it was yeah i is thought it, it would the role just... russell was born to play because i because i feel <laughs> kind like of. it might be the it role feels like him it's hard to disconnect yeah. because hey, he is a man psychopath and right, right it kind of feels right um, so i don't want to side one too too hard no, here go ahead. and get off course but um i, I listen to occasionally the rewatchables podcast uh, mm-hmm. on bill simmons and um they uh they just recently did a rewatchable for first blood Oh, which cool. made me very excited to go yeah. back and watch the Rambo movies. But they they kind of do a thing at the end where they're they're not advocating for this. In fact, in most cases, like you and me, they're sort of like, I don't think they need to touch this. Like, let's not go back and remake. But they always talk about would this be worth remaking? Could they do it, and, uh, or would it be better as nowadays as a eight to ten part Netflix series? Or you know, th- that's kind of the way they yeah. take it because the, the way things are now. And when they were in the recastable part of it. Um, they, the one they landed on for the, uh, the kind of the mean sheriff, you know, who runs the town or whatever was Russell Crowe. And they were oh, like, well, that's good. Look, they were like, I noticed they were like, Brian Dennehy is perfect. Yeah. Brian Dennehy is fantastic. Iconic. Yeah, they were yeah. like, but, but Russell Crowe may have been born to play this role just too late. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just talking to her. They were like, you know, he's, he's big, he's intimidating. He's yes. scary. You know what I mean? Like yes. all, in all these ways. Anyway, it was just interesting to kind of think about. That's um, fun, and so yeah. it's funny that you bring him up because now I can't stop thinking about that. Anyway. Okay. That's, uh, that's wonderful. I'm going to wrap up my, my movie section so we can get to your, your one, uh, as quickly as I can, but I do want to mention, I watched class action park on HBO, which is a documentary about yeah. this insane yeah. water Jesus park Christ. in New Jersey in the eighties. And I, I, I'm not even going to say anything more. If you're interested in that concept watch of it. a documentary about Just a water park it. and how, people died there lots of people Some of died the interviews there interviews in this documentary are <laughs> fantastic yeah interviews. yeah yeah i mean partly because of what these people experienced uh-huh. but they found some good people to talk to yes. and i mean even like performers that have gone on to become yes. you know stand-ups and things like that well, i agree with you man. new jersey is kind of the center I, I don't think people realize like i feel like new jersey is the center of our country in a lot of ways certain people i know that sounds crazy but it's no no you know, I my dad's from saying. new jersey there's something about New Jersey um, that whole garden state then. that yeah that it, it is the home for so many people I think there's some statistics like more more PhDs come from New Jersey than any state like there's so mm, many weird statistics about New Jersey um, a lot of our biggest companies are from New Jersey or based in New Jersey it's just so right. bizarre well um, and now we anyways. have a lot of voices from there I mean Kevin Smith has been in mm-hmm. our lives now for 30 years and he's yeah. the you know same type of thing and absolutely obviously you know uh Anyway, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. On that. Um, I want to mention uh, two other things. Uh, Laurie and I have been going through. We finished all the Mission Impossibles. That's where I left off on the last God, podcast. I'm still jealous of you. Yeah, we watched all. Like we, we binged two days, three per day. It was great. <laughs> 
See, um, Jess and I have already done that, and I'm still yeah. jealous. This is yeah, why it never, it's never enough <laughs> it's for no, me. You we're know, so I'm a drug greedy. addict for yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. and it's a, uh, it's a safe addiction, which is good, I'm but a, I just never know. I'm a 1,000% with you. Um, and the other thing that we're kind of binging, even though she's away right now, uh, she'll be back uh, maybe in a week, but we did um, all the Terminators. And so oh, wow, um, wow, we, we didn't, we haven't done dark fate yet, but that one's the most okay. recent. We'll get to that yeah. soon. Um, but I, uh, I just love, uh, I, I, I love the world of it all uh, so much, even to the point where when Genesis came out a couple years ago, a few yeah. years ago, yeah. I was still like, I don't know. I enjoyed it. You know, there's something Genesis about it where right. I, I don't yeah. have super high standards for that world. Rewatching Terminator three with her. I was just like, yeah, I like this one too. I don't mm. like Claire Danes' character. I don't like the recasting of John Connor or who they cast. There's so many elements of that that don't work, but I also really fucking enjoy it. I, there's something about Terminator that just really sticks with me. There are parts um, of 3 that I like. This is funny that you're bringing that. We're really on the same wavelength right now because yeah. I was also... Th- I, I texted you yesterday. I said, are Terminators available? Yeah, I know. We you do did. A, a, Which is- uh, you know, commentary on Terminator. So um, it, the, the interesting thing about Terminator to me, you, you just you start on such a a high note of sort yeah. of indie filmmaking in a way like the, you know, in a way of just, we're going to make the best thing we can make for the yes. budget we've got. And, and then the second one comes out and it's just like, I, in my opinion, the best example of going from a small movie to a big movie, like to a blockbuster yes. and doing both. Well, I mean, and Cameron is They're both maybe the best ever at this because yeah. the way he took alien was the yep. same fucking thing. I know yep. he didn't do alien, but right. you go from this perfect kind of small insulated movie where it's just this thing coming after it? these guys yeah. on one shape or ship. And then, you know, his, his sequels don't feel like, Hey, let's make a sequel because, you know, this made money or whatever. It feels yeah. like a logical, Hey, there's a story to be told here. And it's not actually what you might think for the yeah. sequel normally. And then it ends up being taken it to another level. So I think the w- the way that the Terminator series struggles is just from absolutely knocking it out of the park. Yes. The first two times. I mean, it's like That's an incredible kind of solo yeah. shot to win a game followed by equalizes. a grand slam to yeah. win a game. And then yeah, it just kind of drops back down. There are still moments I like from the third one and everything else. But what's really interesting, I was thinking about Terminator, the original Terminator a lot because I could go on for years about Terminator 2. Right. The first Terminator is a slasher film, right? It's yeah. like, you know, a slasher movie where the guy just won't stop coming after you but told in such a, to me anyway, such a more interesting world. Like you said, the world building the world, is yeah. what changes it. There's a bunch of people that were doing that. You had Halloween, you had, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Friday the 13th, all these things that were coming out around that time in the eighties. And those were the low budget kind of unstoppable slasher films. But what Cameron did so amazingly in Terminator is in just a couple scenes with a couple lines of dialogue without slowing yeah. down all the slasher stuff, he did that world building thing where, you know, th- that's just non-existent the in those regular future myth- The future mythology that he creates, like you said, so quickly. Unreal. He didn't have the budget to do all the future stuff he probably wanted to, and he did a little, yep. maybe a little, you know, yep. is some more of it in, in T2. And then even the fucking um, ride. I was telling Laurie, I was like, the, the 3D ride at mm-hmm. Universal Studios mm-hmm. Uh, he directed. It had a twenty million dollar budget, <laughs> right. and it is God essentially it. the other Terminator movie that he directed. It's right. like the third Terminator, or it's like two B. You know, it's like I, the world of it is. I mean, it inspired this ride, this whole experience, this three D experience that uh, 
totally fleshed out like no no problem um and just, you know it doesn't feel forced it's like yeah this is a world this is a world i mean just considering like all that sort of terminator has kind of done in a way you know what i mean it's just yeah it's something that should have come and come and gone you know what i mean right. like as right. as a movie and and been entertaining but just kind of come yeah. and gone and i do think that the world building part yeah. is the thing that kind of stayed in people's minds and also i mean the idea is very simple. And this is a lot like what I talk about Star Wars, right? The idea is very simple and the world is very complex and yes. fun, right? Or it's like very colorful and interesting. It's like going to, you know, capture your imagination. And this idea of this unstoppable force coming after you is very universal, right? That's the nightmare stuff. That's why these slasher films work, even though I think you and I aren't as big of fans as that as of sci-fi. But, you know, this unstoppable thing, you know, Cameron famously or infamously claims that, you know, he had a dream. He had a nightmare dream. I think he had the flu at the time and he had this weird dream where this sort of skeleton, you know, machine was coming <laughs> cool. after him yeah. out of the fire, which is literally a scene at the, towards the end awesome. of the original yeah. Terminator. Um, except I think the, it also had like scissors in its hand in the dream, which he kind of nicks because why would you have that? But right. still like you, and you consider like, I think Cameron's so talented, he was going to have this career anyway, but, but Terminator being the kickoff point, when you consider the fact that he had a dream, I mean, have you ever had a dream where you were like, oh, I could turn that into an incredible movie? Like, like Probably, it's just but, kind of a uh, wild it's thing. It's rare. Yeah. You know, other than rare. your Michael Jordan dream. dream. But, um, <laughs> but then, like, so my point is to have done that and have Arnold as just when Ed is beefiest, right? Like, yes. you know, when he's coming off of all his, like, you know, world lifting competitions and stuff, being this unstoppable force and it works so well. And then, you know, they took that and so when it seemed like there was nowhere to go and they so brilliantly reinvented it as the liquid metal thing that it was almost like that next level of like, oh, my God, what are we going to do with this? This is even this is even crazier. And that, I think, is where Terminator struggled since, because you can't just keep upping it. You know, at best, you can match that. Right. This unstoppable thing that you actually one upped the next time. You just mm-hmm. can't keep pulling out stuff that's like, oh, this one's, they even, tried, better. this one's even better. But yeah, none, it's of tough, it, but... none of it really stuck. But yeah, and uh, I'm not knocking any of the sequels. I'm just saying those first two. Sure. Well, we can knock the sequels, but um, uh, we'll come back to Terminator in a bit. Um, I want to talk about something really quick because another thing I watched with Laurie was uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I love so much. And <laughs> um, you know, it's like my favorite Die Hard, one yeah, of my favorite, on. maybe my favorite action movie. Um, but, um, this goes to show that my lack of intelligence and her lack of, or or, and her intelligence, um, is that the the fucking water jug riddle comes up, you know? And I was telling her, I was just like, we've talked about this. I was just like, oh man, I hate this because I'm too stupid to get it instantly. And they make it sound like it's just so obvious and they do it real quick. And, you know, John McClane is not an incredibly smart person um you know uh samuel l jackson's character uh zeus in in the movie is the far more like seemingly intelligent person um but they kind of figure it out together very quickly um the last time i mentioned it on the podcast you were kind of like well they kind of cut back to it and we we don't really know what happens in the middle um but laurie in like 10 seconds was like oh no you just do this and she just (laughs) said it and i was like oh yeah that makes sense so i just want to i want to take the minute to yeah, do it. Do say it. it. Okay, so for those of you that haven't seen Die Hard with a Vengeance or haven't seen it in a while, in the middle of the movie, there's a bomb that they have to defuse by solving a riddle. And the riddle yes. has two jugs of water. There's a three-gallon three jug gallon and a five-gallon five gallon. jug. They're empty, but they're next to a fountain. And the premise is that they need to fill the five-gallon jug with exactly four gallons and then put it on a scale, and then it diffuses the bomb. Um. Obviously, you could pause this right now and think about 
how that works because that's the whole setup. That's all you got to do. Yep. Um, how do you do that? Well, I'm going to walk you through my note on it, <laughs> which is that <laughs> you uh, you fill up the five-gallon mm-hmm. uh, with the five gallons up to the line that tells you that's full. Right. Um, and you pour that into the three-gallon, which is empty, and then right. that leaves you with exactly two gallons in the five-gallon jug. Correct. Then, you know, right now the three-gallon is full of that three gallons. You're going to pour that out. Now the three-gallon is empty. Correct. And now you're going to pour the two gallons that were left in the five-gallon jug yes. into the three-gallon jug. Right. Leaving two gallons in the three-gallon jug, and now the five-gallon jug is empty. Right. Then you fill the five-gallon jug up. Pour the and one then remaining you pour gallon that into the three-gallon three three until you yeah. hit the line. Leaves yeah. you with exactly four gallons in the yeah. five-gallon jug. So it's just a, you know, Girls blah, 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 blah. Boys. It's very basic. It's Listen, very basic. There's actually but two it's also something I that I don't know that I ever really figured it out in my head to the point yeah. where I could recite it. Yeah. And so that's it. <laughs> I think there's two different ways you can get to that point also. Okay. Maybe. Um, that some, at least somebody, somebody has told me that, and I know it made sense when they told yeah. me, but I couldn't repeat right. it. The same way as you. Like, I'm just kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I always thought, well, you know, they cut back to where the scenario is right for them to pour one out, like you just said, but yes. you built from the bottom, or I should say Lori did, built from yeah. the bottom yes. to, you know, to where that point is. And yeah, and I like that riddle, and that is fun, and it's also funny that <laughs> <laughs> you bring that one up because I rewatched that on HBO also because yeah. recently you were saying, Hey, we're going back and rewatching. That. Yes. And all I kept thinking was, I mean, I'm, I'm ride or die for the original die hard, you know, like, yeah. you know, I'll die on that Hill or whatever that to me is a perfect action movie. But yeah. beat for beat, I, I would agree. I think die hard three and revisiting it is just the more entertaining beat for beat, more fun movie. Like oh, Die Hard's tight, it's perfectly yeah. constructed. But Die Hard with a Vengeance is just so I'll much rewatch fun. I'll rewatch Die Hard 3 any fucking day. Yeah, it it's like the and, most and watchable I make the opposite argument for, you know, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is my favorite one. And yeah. I always argue the more iconic moments is Raiders and Raiders is tight and kind of perfectly constructed. But yeah. there are things I like better about Indy and the Last Crusade. My arguments are the opposite about Die Hard, that series, but I still enjoy the enjoyability thing. I think is the same. So yeah, great, great flick. So much fun to revisit. Um, I I love it so much and I go rewatch it. Um, It's awesome. Uh, The last uh, thing I want to talk about with movies is that our movie watching group on Fridays uh, has has blown through our whole section on space oh, wow. movies, essentially. Yeah, and yeah. so we started. Um, I talked about some of the ones we already watched before this, but then we picked up with Alien. Phil had never seen Alien. The rest of us had, but that was still very satisfying because Alien is a fucking Unrewatch. masterpiece. Yeah. And yeah. it's so much better than you remember. Every time I watch it, it's better than I remember. Yep. Um, and then yep. the following week, we watched Silent Running. Have you ever seen Silent Running? <laughs> yeah, I have. We dated, dated, but hated that movie with such a fucking passion. <laughs> Every single one of us. There was no mixed feeling. It. I. I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Yet at the time, whenever that came out, seventies, early seventies, seventy-two. Yeah, I, I think. This argument. Yeah. I guess it meant something. Maybe our parents got off on it. I don't. I don't fucking yeah. understand. It's a. It's a movie that has a message. It's a message movie. Yep, exactly. Um, but That's the what I was message argue. is almost counter to like the 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 hero that is our 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 guy that's trying to make right. the big right. point is actually 
fucking terrible. Well, and it's um, so simplified in God the message. Damn. I mean, as much as the message has something to it it's at its core, it's such an overly simplified thing. Yeah. I would argue, and I think you're right. When I watched that too, I was just like, Jesus, this has not aged well because I watched it probably <laughs> yeah. 10, 15 yeah. years ago. Right. However, I do think when there's something like this that has had staying power and has kind of stayed on those lists, we talk about, Hey, here's uh-huh. the 20 movies you got to see that were influential. Yeah. I do think like that, in my opinion, I, I mean, I may have missed one because, you know, I try to be a film scholar, but I think it was probably the first significant, you know, climate environment, you know, sci-fi oh, yeah, sure. know, movie. And I think sometimes when you're just the first one to get to the message, it becomes profound to people. Um, and, sure, and also I think things can only get cheesier as time goes on, you know, not that they can't be cheesy from the beginning, but you know, our technology gets better. Our effects get yeah. better. I mean, this movie, just the I mean, we're tone not... of that time period with that song that plays through where she actually sings the dialogue of like right. the song, it's you know, as little, the ship's floating through much, space. Yeah. Very corny, man. And yeah. I haven't seen that. I saw this once, maybe 10, 15 years ago. I still remember. Honestly, that we stuff. didn't, we didn't pick apart, you know, the effects or the, any of the, the, the corniness of it, you know, the robots. There are so many things in it that are, that are good. I mean, they're fine. You know, we, we support what they were doing, uh, and that they were likely very original. The guy that did all the yeah. special effects did, the ones in uh, 2001, uh, even though they're not nearly as well directed and shot, but they're, you know, in terms of like these models and all this stuff. But then the yeah. actual yeah. story, uh, plot and dialogue are some of the worst I've ever seen in anything. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I, I just fucking hated it. Well, like I said, What's, I'm not defending it, but I, sure. I always try to I try to examine these things and think, OK, well, this meant something to somebody. So why <laughs> did it? Right. Like I always try to figure it we, out. We were we generally, talked for a while. <laughs> trying yeah, to figure I, that I, out. I know you guys are doing the same thing, but I, I, I tend to this is maybe not the right thing to do. Maybe I just don't have enough confidence in myself, but I tend to like always think, OK, what is it about me that this didn't work? Because this has worked for a large <laughs> yeah. group of people, right? That's kind of the first take I have. And I think that a lot of people are just more comfortable saying, you know, that sucked. Whereas I'm always yeah. like, you know, I don't like that. But let me yeah, figure yeah. out what it is. I, I generally just say, don't uh, outright say that. But the, this one, I... No, I, no, no. I'm and okay I'm, I'm not... Yeah, that wasn't me throwing shade at you. <laughs> no, no, I sounded, but, but I But I agree with you. I do think it's... I just... This has nothing to do with anything. But have you ever seen Jim Carrey's imitation of Bruce Stern? <laughs> Uh, maybe. Please look that up when we get yeah. off. People are listening to just get on YouTube real quick. It's like sure. ten seconds long, and just look up Jim Carrey doing Bruce Stern because it's really incredible. And also, um, it that just made me think again of um, of uh, uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I think what a good job he did playing the character that would have been Burt Reynolds, uh, if he had not passed away. Anyway, let's see. Um, let's see if this plays. Uh... Oh yeah. It's pretty good. I, know, I mean, it's, it's all in the well. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be doing hard that to, at an to award show, check it out yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He was given, I think, uh, an award maybe to Meryl Streep <laughs> or somebody. But um, anyway, uh, well, what were there any others that stood the, out to yeah. you in terms of good or bad? Um, the 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 end of my movie list is just that we then watched Forbidden Planet the following week, and I gotta say. I loved it so, so, so much. Everyone did. Everyone in the Told group. You, right? Like, that's the yeah. thing about, it, you know, we, 
we know what it is going into it. It's obviously extremely dated, but yeah. it's fucking beautiful. It's groundbreaking. Yep. Yep. The effects are amazing. All these practical, I mean, they're minimal, but they're they're great. The, mm-hmm. the there mm-hmm. are a lot of in camera effects, and then there's some post effects, uh, some animation, hand drawn animation mixed with uh, you know people in the shot, live action people. And yeah, that's like all some pretty groundbreaking. Stuff. Not to mention, unbelievable. That you mentioned this. It's so incredibly influential of Star Trek. It's basically Star Trek. Yes. Like Forbidden Planet is Star Trek, and that you yep. watch Forbidden the Planet, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. the holy grail of sci-fi because 100. I personally think Star Trek is top sci-fi like it's the, yep. the yep. highest one and now this one is really the highest yeah. one because yeah. it, it birthed it um, I loved it so much it's and beautiful. Robbie the robot is just something yeah. that's lived with all of us yes. even if we didn't know where it came from yes um, yes and uh, uh, yeah I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it I'm glad you I felt oh, yeah. all the same way I mean this is one that along with like 2001 or Star Wars if you're going with a more popular vote are just listed as those are like the three that aren't on every list. They're listed as number one on yep. most of your sci-fi lists. Yep. I mean, they're just the ones that get picked. Oh, so I'm really, great. I'm really stoked that you guys watched it and also that you enjoyed it. Cause I appreciated it in the same way you were talking about right. just to such a degree. So, well, let's, anyway. let's talk uh, at length about uh, the thing you're waiting to talk about. <laughs> let, let's let, let me, if we can, and oh, I know you want to wait, we'll have a little end? more space on the end. Oh, okay. Can we yeah, do yeah, it yeah. for hidden gems? Let me, Cause uh, I want it, yes. but it's going to be a little longer hidden gems than normal. Well, I'm not worried um, anyway. about time. You guys, uh, yeah, want to listen? Fuck you. <laughs> we came in under an hour, uh, and we're time for TV. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, let's... right, right, just barely. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, TV. Uh, I have a very short list. I'm just going to rattle off a couple. I watched the Night Stalker miniseries on oh. Netflix, and uh, that was pretty dark, man. It incredibly interesting story. I didn't know about this LA, you know, murder, this serial killer. Um, but, um, it's a little graphic. It's a little extreme. The, you know, the documentary filmmakers definitely heavily stylized it. And, you know, you, at some point you kind of go, Ooh, does it need to be this stylized? It's talking to all these real people that dealt with these horrific situations and murders. Yeah. Uh, d- does it need to feel like you know an 80s pop music video um i, I kind of disagreed with some of the styling of it but right. that kind it doesn't need of to be club tech noir from terminator yeah <laughs> it's very much yeah but then that kind of drops off in the last couple episodes it really kind of does focus on the story and the the horror of it and uh and what and en- what it ends up being but um yeah yeah uh, it was just very interesting um Snowpiercer season two just started, and I think you can now watch Snowpiercer season one on HBO. I would oh, recommend going. I mean, I don't know if you're into it, but it it this I like second the movie. I like second the movie. season is starting really strong. They just introduced Sean Bean as like m- one of the main characters, um, and he wasn't in the first one, and now he's in the second one, and it's just it's adding a, a really good second level of depth to the show. Um, and it's just, it's good. It's good sci-fi. It's some, I would say some of the best sci-fi on TV right now. Um, it's just a bummer again, cause it's on TNT. So you can watch it on your Hulu TV, I guess, any basic cable s- service you have, but, um, right. that was pretty right. cool. Um, and, uh, um, the only other TV really going on right now to me is WandaVision. Are you oh, watching man. it? Yeah, of course. We're, we're I'm up to caught up. Stuff, like Fridays was the first one that kind of broke out of the world that we were in. Um, yep. But what fucking fun storytelling! Like 
What creative, what a creative take oh, and you God, totally so unique good. and original take. And this is kind of what I've been begging for. Like we've talked about, we're not the biggest Marvel fans in the right. world, but I think we both really appreciate what they've done and how they've changed the whole yes. game, even though it's at the mercy of we've lost a lot of things that we really like in oh, the film yeah. industry because it swallowed them up. Um, but this is kind of what I was waiting for when we did all of the same thing for 22 uh-huh. straight movies yes. in, in order for phase one, <laughs> two, and three to work. Yes. And, and that's not all of those are well made. They're just all the same. So this is kind of what I've been waiting for. And I don't know that the traditional fan base of Marvel and especially the kids have any appreciation for it. And that's kind of why I appreciate the artistic integrity for them to be like, you know what? We're yes, going to do this. We're going to do this one thing. We'll still have plenty of the other things. And the way it's probably going to tie in, I think we'll bring it back around yeah. oh, it, to what everybody 100%. watches. I mean, it already kind um, of is. But the the biggest thing for me is that, unfortunately, they they weren't able to kind of do this with Star Wars. It's the closest the closest example would be I guess Mandalorian that it kind of is a different thing, but in Christmas fact special Star Wars Mandalorian Christmas. is more yeah, Mandalorian is more like the original Star Wars trilogy than all the other stuff whereas yep. WandaVision yep. is a departure from what the norm is and um and it's just a bummer that with Star Wars they had this opportunity with the spin-off movies. Like that's why they gave Lord and yeah. Miller solo because they came from the Lego movie. They give the Lego right. movie guys, right. you know, solo and then took it away from them when I know. they were I know. having uh, maybe too much fun with it. it. It sounds like it was all because they were making this hard comedy. And uh, OK, you know, the idea that with this WandaVision, they put all their chips out and we're just like, and I think that's a Kevin Feige thing. It's got to be, you know, yeah, just yeah. someone just great leadership, Disney, but yeah, the leader of that's what of that's Marvel. all you can say about this whole Marvel thing. The guys yeah. here in the ship, I mean, you have to give credit to Feige. And yeah. it's, it's, it really is unbelievable looking back. And again, I'm saying this is not a super fan. I mean, no. th- this would yeah. be like the dream for me for a star Wars, right? Like th- right. this would be, what else would I need? Like, in film, right. you know, your favorite series and property, doing this um one thing i want you know we can hark on this forever but i think what's really unique about this is it really truly does exist and work just on the sort of pleasantville um sitcom uh-huh. level like if it, if this was what it was as much as it veers into twilight zone era right like there are the moments in each episode even as they've gotten more progressive as mm-hmm. it's gone on but there are moments in each episode of kind of abstract horror right where oh, it's, it's kind of there and sitting there yeah it's quick but, but it's significant what's yeah. unique about it is just that the sitcom also works as like a 50 yes, sitcom and then it really sitcom. does like it stands on its own yeah so now that we've gotten into a different thing where the color has come in and we've broken out of the world now we know someone's wa- who's watching at least some, right. maybe multiple people are but these things now it's like it's working on that level too but it's just been so intriguing and and yeah. I think has has worked in I every way. I think that's way. the word. And you're every week. You're just oh. like, oh my god. Well, I'm I yeah. can't wait it's till next me. week. I'm it, it's it got totally me. has me. Yeah. So uh, yeah. WandaVision is wonderful. Um, I want to before we do news, I just want to throw out that uh, another TV thing that happened was the inauguration, which was an interesting TV day. There was the inauguration of Biden, and then there was like the nighttime concert situation but uh, you know that was all great that was a good day lots of you know Mm -hmm. positivity Mm -hmm. um i figured you'd appreciate this pretty much right after the fireworks at the end of that celebration within an hour i'm scrolling tiktok and i swear to god someone had i laughed out loud so hard at this video it was all of the shots of everyone watching the fireworks 
just all this shit that was on TV, just very basic shots of like Biden, you know, and Jill on the balcony watching the fire. Yeah. You know, it was like yeah. very basic shots, but to the Ewok celebration song. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it like, there was such a release oh. that had nothing to do with that video, but there was such like a satisfying release of laughter watching that because it felt like the end of the movie. Like we beat the bad guys and we won and then it's in a video form and it's bringing you up know, that whole Ewok celebration. It society was, and humanity is right. going to burn, but at least we're going to go down <laughs> laughing. Like it the internet so is going good. to absolutely destroy us, but it is also undefeated. It's no, so no, funny. It, it provided so me with so, so much like safety and, yeah. and relief. Uh, and it makes moment, me realize so. that I am not uh, unique in any way in my creativity <laughs> because <laughs> right. holy the, cow, a, a kid uh, with TikTok, can somebody be has so come up with something funnier, not only what yeah. I thought but better right. on every level. Right, right. Um, well, I wanted to circle back real quick. Yeah, I don't have ahead. any other TV to mention, but go ahead, yeah. Jess always kind of falls into these rabbit holes because she's very, very much into and just intrigued by, interested in the Night Stalker stuff too. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and she was telling me all about the Richard Ramirez uh, stuff. Sure. Um, and she, in fact, starting it off, I think she recommended it to like 10 people immediately and then very quickly was like, hey, uh, this is more graphic than I thought it was going to get into. So maybe dark, maybe yeah. you don't watch it. Um, but uh, he, he is fascinating to me because, um, you know, the world of serial killers is so dark anyway. He really stands out to me in, in regards to just being completely insane. M- most of these guys have like a, an MO, right? And, and it's crazy, right. but they have like a particular thing that they tend to do or people they tend to target or like you can kind of psychologically break down even if you think it's wild and nuts and you can't relate. You can kind of break down what they're doing. Mm. Ramirez to me, it was so random. And it was mm-hmm. almost like the only thing he was interested in was violence and graphic gore violence. I mean, he would hit a 15 year old and then an 86 year old. I mean, right? pure and he would do different evil, things to them. Like pure exactly. evil in a, in a very like biblical sense. And you're yeah, like, and that's what I'm trying to oof, get at. You, yeah. you can break down his background and his the the family member he idolized coming back from Vietnam and showing right. him graphic stuff early and all those things. And that may have affected him. But I think it had to unlock something that was already inside and something that was misprogrammed. In yeah. him. But he to me of that world, which is already like pure evil, is the example to, to me. It's just my personal of the purest evil. And I yep. think maybe I don't I don't dwell on this stuff much, but I think maybe the reason I've thought about that a lot is in writing and in trying to write particularly like mythological type of stuff that, that I've sometimes tried to write. I'm always trying to hone in on, okay, so like even something like Darth Vader where I'm like, okay, this is kind of the most iconic version in film of like evil, but here's a redeemable character, right? And here's someone who became a machine and, you know, that you can track kind of how that happened. But, you know, there's different examples. And when I was a kid, I think I always thought, yeah, a psychopath or, a, or a, you know, or, or a sociopath, which are actually different things, right? Either somebody who can't identify as human and doesn't understand what's bad or enjoys inflicting pain and knows, you know, what it is like, I, okay, maybe that's worse. And then there's the idea of just absolute power and how that corrupts. And maybe that's the purest form of evil. So you bounce back and forth that, I mean, this guy to me in some ways kind of reminds me of the Joker where it's like, yeah. you know, the reason Heath Ledger's Joker was so effective is after a while you realize, you know, there's a backstory here, but we don't know what it is. And I think that mystery is scarier because he's just, why is he doing this? We don't know. Maybe he's yeah. just born this way from the beginning. I don't know if you ever saw the movie. We need to talk about Kevin, but that oh, one to no. me is sort of the opposite of sort of the nurture and here's how this happens and we can track his story. That one's sort of, you know, he was born as a difficult baby and it's, yeah. it's a terrifying movie and it's a very gritty and real movie about a high school shooting. Right. But it really is one of those things where it's like, maybe this person as bad as it sounds. And as much as we're supposed to have empathy, 
just there was no place for him in this world. Uh, right. And it's a very dark thing to examine. Right. But I'm also kind of fascinated by it because just in terms of putting it into a much less dark kind of story frame for me, I'm always trying to think about these things to introduce them into different kinds of stories. Yeah. But Ramirez, holy shit, I oh don't really God. know what else to yeah. say. And I, and I can't recommend reading about his stuff unless it's something that you can read about without it really bothering you because it does exactly, stick with yeah. you. There's some it's just terrible things. Extremely thing. dark. Yeah. Anyway, on that happy note. You go down a dark path. Um, so speaking of dark path, uh, the uh, death section, we have a few people yes, that passed yes. away. Um, Tanya Roberts went through this weird thing where it was God, like yeah. she was declared dead and then declared still alive and then a couple days later Very declared dead yeah, again. Um, she was only 65 and she we know her for us. She's the Bond girl in View to a Kill and she was yeah. uh, M- Beastmaster baby. In, um, <laughs> so yeah, in uh, uh, that 70s show. She's right, you know, right. a bunch of stuff. Uh, beautiful lady. Um, Larry Big drag, King, rest in peace. But it was like absolutely. a roller coaster ride. Uh, For like three days. Stuff. And it was like her yeah. publicist too. That was, <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Um, anyway. Larry King died at 87, yeah. presumably yeah. from COVID. That's a huge bummer. Um, director Michael Apted uh, died. He mm-hmm. uh, was a Bond director. He did uh, World Is Not Enough, yeah, which I'm not yeah. a huge fan of, but uh, he, he made a lot of movies. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, he's in The Brotherhood. Yeah, he is. Uh, Cloris Leachman died at 94. Man, that's yeah, that's old. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. And look, Cloris Leachman to me, what an icon, that's the one yeah. I kind of wanted to touch on because yep. I'm Young Frankenstein is as good a comedy as I've, I think I've ever seen, and she will always be Frau Blucher <laughs> to me from that. Um, <laughs> that's the I mean, sound effect she, I need. Oh I got to put God. that on the board. <laughs> yes, J- just her. <laughs> Just uh, stay close to the candles. The stairs come retratras, and the and the candles aren't lit. I mean, I know yeah, that's yeah. in a dumb old joke, but but she will she will always be that to me. But you know, she turned in one of the great dramatic performances in the last picture show. Uh, I mean, she's done. You know, this is a long and storied career for yes. her, um, and I think iconic, of her just yeah. as kind of that one note thing because that's all you need to me right. to just be. I'll remember you forever. But um, but a hell of a career, and and what a run. I mean. Yeah, anyway, yeah, I can't say enough. Uh, uh absolutely. Um, transitioning to some uh, various news, uh, Arnold uh, did a good Twitter video the other day when he got his vaccination at Dodger Stadium. I'm sure you saw it on social media, oh, nice. but I'll just I'll play the clip, uh, the audio clip. Put that needle down. <laughs> All done. Thank you. You're welcome. Congratulations. Thank you. you All right, I just got my vaccine, and I will recommend it to anyone and everyone. Come with me if you want to live. There you go. Yes. What a a, a guy. What a guy. He's still got it. Can you imagine being the nurse that, hey, you're going to give Arnold his shot? I mean, come on, man. They're, so great. they're just such pros, you know, it's great. Yeah, um, they, are. they are. I think generally Thank we're going to see a lot of movies continue to get delayed. No Time to Die got delayed again. That was a given, though, because the current date was April 12th, which is like right around the corner. So it, it didn't make sense. They they had to move it again. So now it's And with to the October. vaccine coming to yeah. have kind of put it in its regular state, which I assume will be fall or it's October um, 8th winter. is now the new date. Okay, okay. So you know, anytime we'll in that stretch yeah. is kind of the time we're used to seeing bond it anyway. And this has been a weird two years of bond, but Hey, it'll come it, and it'll be right. Coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's a report that Tom Cruise bought two uh, COVID enforcing robots for the set of mission impossible that he spent a lot of money on robots. I, I don't mean, know what tracks. they could possibly do, that you know, but maybe there's something Dude, out there that could, I don't know. I have this no is idea. morbid and I don't want to any loss of life, <laughs> but when one of those robots kills a guy, you know, the first guy, 
why it's going to be the most the biggest yeah. story uh, of 2021. Um, yesterday, it was in the news that Apple set a new record at Sundance. So there's the Sundance Virtual Film Festival going on right now, but they set a record uh, for $25 million for the purchase of a movie called Coda. I didn't really look into what the movie mm, is or who's okay. in it, but um, they set the record at $25 million. When we talked about this last year, they had set the record, or Hulu had set the record for buying Palm Springs yeah. at 17 yeah. and uh, And I think Big Sick was before that, right? That had broken That Big sounds Sick. right. But, yeah. you know, going from $17 million last year to $25 million this year, that's a pretty big jump. Uh, so, yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. so we'll see what this Well, Coda good for those filmmakers, is. man. And, uh, 100%. Wish, yeah. We wish them well. Um, there have been some really good uh, kind of deep fakey type stuff. Deep fakes are just oh, such a such a um, in, interesting and, and yeah interesting thing. But the one that I saw the other day that was really interesting was Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones, and it's a yeah. very long video. They did a really <laughs> good long I video know. of all, all kinds of scenes from Indiana Jones because Tom Selleck was originally kind of yep. chosen yep. and then couldn't because of uh, Magnum PI. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he says that he didn't even really wanted to, he wanted to take it. It was just, you know, conflict. Sad. Um, but uh, I tell you what, Tom Selleck, I, I 100% believe Indiana Jones would have worked with Tom Selleck. I do not think yeah. it would be what it is now. I don't yeah. think it would be, I mean, I just, look, Harrison was just to me that more than Han Solo sure. is the role he was born to do. But, but, to argue that like oh wouldn't have been look Tom Selleck was great in the eighties he would have been a great roguish kind of adventure guy um, I don't think he's as mobile as Indy so maybe Indiana Jones with Tom Selleck would be kind of like Indiana Jones from two thousand eight on oh, with Harrison Ford maybe, maybe. as the less mobile not able to move quite as well right right Indiana Jones maybe anyway. <laughs> Um, the, and then there were, there were also, this isn't necessarily deep fake, but there was like some f- photography of like, oh, what if, what if there's a lot of what ifs with the Mandalorian and where they're going to take the Luke Skywalker character and all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've seen some different production companies and small, small individual visual effects artists on, on uh, YouTube showing their version of Luke because you know, all that it really takes is enough time in the computer to um, either do a deep fake or a combination of a deep fake and actual visual effects work on the face to make it look a little more real, you know, the the look that we saw. Um, So I've seen some videos that are good of that. And then the other one that was really striking was Millie Bobby Brown as Leia. If if they were going to recast and there she looks the part. I mean, it's you don't realize they look alike until you see them. And then you're like, wait a minute. There's it's, a lot of situations where they do. Really impressive. Um, and yeah. to round out the news, I thought this was interesting, but um, you know, now the the order of uh, what do you call it, uh, succession or whatever in the presidency of the United States, right after Kamala Harris, is Patrick Leahy. He's the president pro temp of the Senate, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> a lot of news, you know, in the last couple of weeks was like, this guy's been in every Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> And I just think that's really interesting. If you look him up, he's 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 been a senator. You know, he's a lifelong politician. But for some reason, he's been in like all the Batman movies, crossing across the different franchises. 
Um, and he's which is the, frightening. Do do we want somebody who belongs in Gotham? I don't to be get it. Yeah, it's so weird. He's the he's the guy in the Dark Knight the that the um he he uh, it says the old man being compared to the Joker's father when he's when he's got him like by the head. Uh, he's comparing him to his dad is actually you know this senator. Uh, he play I think he plays a senator in one of the <laughs> Schumacher Batman's. Like it's a I wild guess. ride. This guy, um, yeah, but now yeah. he's third in line of the presidency. Some people's lives are just yeah. more interesting than right. my life. What a cool by, by miles what a and cool, miles. Like side um, note for your life. Um, and your perspective on everything must be so different. If and I'm not saying none of it belongs to you, your your own right. accountability. But if chance has broken in certain ways and you've kind of run this gambit of what he has it's like yeah i don't know your perspective on what existence is must be different i just don't, i don't know how to put <laughs> myself yeah. you know it's just like with stardom or anything else like i just think it, it's got to change your your lens so anyway yeah. um to round out the news section i'm not going to go into the uh the particulars of this but of course the AMC movie chain is going through a, a weird uh, a boom boom right now with its stock price and potential stock price and and uh, and the fact that the combination of the skyrocketing stock price has allowed them to pay off all their debt. They had just uh, gotten a nine hundred seventeen billion dollar uh, kind of round of funding or loan, whatever it's called, um, to to stave off uh, uh, bankruptcy. These are just great things, and so all that means to us is that AMC. AMC's not going anywhere. I'm very excited for that. I was very worried through this whole pandemic. Like AMC is the main thing that we use. Um, yeah. It's, you know, we have our pass and we want to go. And as soon as they're reopened here in LA, you know, they've been closed since March for almost a year. And it's like, I just want to go back to AMC. Yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that we know now that they're going to come back, they're going to be stronger than ever. They're going to have more money. They're going to have, uh, uh, hopefully a an incredible amount of goodwill behind them, especially from the younger generation. An incredible amount of people through this whole thing are probably talking to themselves uh, into wanting to go to the movies again, whereas a lot of the coronavirus has, you know, our pandemic has really caused a lot of people to go, ah, I don't fucking need the movies or whatever. But yeah. I think it, yeah. it might pivot back to um it being a big golden era of going to the theaters at least i hope so um i'm very excited for all of that and that's all i'm gonna say well there's at least got to be a rush when everything opens back up Uh, you would assume stretch i mean my god like people are losing their mind um and uh you know some upcoming movies i just noticed uh on february 12th there's a there's a little indie movie called willie's wonderland coming out and it appears to be like an abandoned theme park horror movie starring nick cage oh man um, it's it's yeah, not quite a, it's not quite a uh, uh it's not quite a theme park it's like a chuck e cheese or like a themed okay. restaurant or Even something better. <laughs> um but uh i checked that out there's a trailer for a new apple tv plus movie um starring tom holland um and uh it's kind of like an a, like a drama action movie from the Russo brothers called Cherry oh. that's coming out March 12th. Okay, yeah. I saw the um before. March 18th we get the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League which you Can't know if wait. if it's an ounce better than the one they released I'll be fucking surprised. I'm curious um, enough that I'll definitely check it out. There's 100%. just been too much buzz. I fully expect to not think anything yeah, of yeah, it after exactly. I see it. but but it's just one of those things where it's become such a thing yes, in our we have consciousness that it. I have to check it out 
And then on March 26th, we're going to get Godzilla versus Kong, which is cool because I've, I've kind of dug that whole franchise of the Godzilla and Kong movies yeah. recently. Yeah, they're fun. Um, they're fun. And this was supposed to be a big blockbuster in theaters, which it'll be out in theaters, but just not for us. And, um, and I should have known, but I really didn't, that uh, they were marrying the worlds with what we've seen recently of Godzilla. Oh, you yeah, know, Godzilla versus Kong to me feels like a different now, yeah. thing, but it's the Godzilla franchise. We're just crossing it over it now, is, and yep. then we'll see what happens with Kong. So. Yep. Uh, 100%. So that's it uh, for, uh, you know, upcoming stuff. Um, I, I want to do some Rotten Tomatoes scores uh, before do we do our probably lengthy hidden gem. Um, what is our theme for uh, Rotten Tomatoes today, Kelly? I'm going to ha- I looked back at all the ones that we've done in the past and we've never done a Terminator movie. So we're going to do the whole <laughs> run of Terminators. Of course, um, of there are six yes. of them that have the Terminator yes. name. Um, and so let's begin at the beginning. So the original Terminator... I will say critics gave it an 88 and audiences gave it a 91. 189. What the yeah, fuck? Pretty cool, Wait a minute. Right? Critics gave it 100? It's 100% from critics. I don't know. And audiences gave it an 89? 89. But 89 well, is close good. on I mean, the audience score. Right. Yeah. And then no, 100 no, for sure. is I just, super it's, high. It's yeah. interesting to me when they're flipped from what I thought yeah, they would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. Um, okay. It must have right been. On. It must have been much more impactful at the time than we even realize in terms of its uh, scope and yeah. its impression on people. Um, well, it got some more bad reviews than I thought, and I only know this because I was when we were talking about Terminator, I started looking up some stuff, and yeah, I didn't look yeah. up the Rotten Tomatoes because I try well, to not do that. None of them these, are but... listed there, obviously, because one hundred percent means one hundred percent. I mean, but, come um, on, yeah, awesome. Terminator two. Well, we started with <laughs> where do we go from I mean, here? 102%. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know how to do this. I guess yeah. just because I'm yeah, wrong funny. sometimes, I'll say. No, you're never wrong. I'll say they gave it less. I'll say 98% critics. And I don't know, man, audiences, this is weird because I don't know how to put it lower than that, but I guess 95, 96, 95. You got 93 and 94. So you're very close. Yeah. Okay. But, that is wild to me. I mean, I love both of these, but I that is by wild that logic, those are the rankings. I mean, you know, you talk to a lot of people and they put Terminator, the original above Terminator two, which is fair. Um, it I doesn't personally make sense don't, to me, but, but I'm not mad at it because no, I love both of them so much. Not I just think all. the second one adds all these layers that, I don't know. Anyway, so whatever. how far did we fall for Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines? Terminator 3, critics. 72. Audiences, 80. 69, very close, and 46 from audiences. Wow, so audiences were angrier <laughs> than I thought. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Then neither one of those would have surprised no, me. No, that's um, about right. As much I guess, as I went but, higher. Um, and okay. then what do okay. we think with Salvation? Man, Salvation was one that I just thought the trailer looked incredible. Right. And that it was really... probably the biggest dip in terms of my so I might be I might be skewed by this one. I will say Okay, McG. McG. <laughs> um yeah. I will say critics fifty four audiences. What were the audience score on the third one? Do you remember? Uh hang on. Uh audience score on Terminator three is forty six. Critics fifty four, audiences fifty eight. 33 and 54. So you're pretty close okay. on audiences, but no, yeah, audience critics not too fucking far hated it. Um, yeah. yeah. And then where do we go with Genesis? Genesis to me, I think, is the low bar. Um, not that there's nothing I appreciated in it, but 
Genesis, Genesis, or Genesis. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's the spelling. <laughs> I know. Um, they, they just fucking made it so complicated. <laughs> critics, I'll say critics. I remember them not liking this unless I'm wrong. So I'm going to say critics 35, audience is 40. Uh, 27 and 53. So, again, pretty close. Wow. But, yeah, pretty Jeez bad. Louise, man, um, and last but not least, uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Dark Fate was an uptick to me. I mean, it's yeah. still not as good, but it was oh, yeah, an uptick. Big time. I, yeah. I'm going to say for for Dark Fate, I'll say – I think people are still worn out on it. But I'll say critics, critics 62, audiences 68. 70 and 82. Hey, so, right yeah. on. Okay, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I think that's exactly yeah. where it should be. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm going to watch that again soon. So I'll let you know. Um, but yeah, that's great. So we did all the Terminators. I'm glad we got those out of the way. And uh, I think we're actually doing okay on time. It, we're at an hour twenty. Well, let me ask like you that. this: since we're uh, shoot, we were yeah. planning on we were planning on going five hours on this. Yes, anyway. we were. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you watch the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Actually, no. So. Check them out because I, you've enjoyed I all am, the Terminator movies. I'm vaguely aware that uh, there is a kind of a cult following that a lot of people yeah. really appreciate it and give it lots yeah. of props. Um, that's an interesting one that, yeah, I should probably revisit. They, in no way are they on par with, you know, especially the first two movies that we talked about. Right. But they, they, to me, they kind of exist in a different place. Maybe it's just a different medium, but they kind of exist in a different place and almost like a parallel version of Terminator, I right. guess. Um which may or may not be kind of the way the series goes. I think it's, if I'm remembering what, right, it's a little ambiguous. What do you but, think? Um, I don't know how they do TV that's kind of this old because it's 2008 and it just had two seasons. But what do you think the average, uh, this is an average of season one and season two, but they have Rotten Tomato scores for it. What do you think oh, they cool. are? Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so I'll say critics uh, 75 and audiences um uh, 78 85 and 87 okay yeah even higher I, it, I was trying not to get too crazy by the way that's an average it says that season one is at 76 but then season two is at 94 so i mean oh, that bodes pretty well and that's and weird i don't remember that kind of a leap but. yeah considering that uh there's not probably a lot to it you know there might be all of what you know 30 episodes or something yeah, or yeah, actually no it's yeah. nine and then 22 so yeah so 31 yeah. episodes that's doable. I could do that. All I can um, say about it is if, like you just said, right. if you enjoy the Terminator the world, world and yeah. you've liked all the movies, even with the flaws, right, of That's the sequel, then great there's point. no yeah. reason you won't like the show. In fact, you'll probably like it more than many of the sequels. Right. Um, and it's just, um, I don't know, it's it's a different take. I mean, as much as the movies, can, I think, have to kind of stick to a certain pattern. Sure. The TV show, I think, had a little more freedom in regards to – all right, we're gonna we're gonna do this other thing. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, definitely take some time and, and check that out if you, That's you know pretty when good. you find the time. And I totally forgot. So. I've got this soundboard that I'm kind of still practicing, but it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you know what I really should have done is had the Terminator soundtrack playing during the Rotten Tomatoes oh. section, oh, which man. I'm I'm now <laughs> realizing I can do. Um, you know, oh, it, see, this it, is fun. It, it, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm just not good at it yet, but just give me some time and there will be a little I, bit more production value. You to have this, nothing to apologize for. This is exciting that we're even um, talking about launching this. I think you should play this theme the entire podcast <laughs> next time we talk because you know, nothing gets me as hype. Background as music theme. on a podcast is really is really always good. Um, and then we honest have to God, that that theme song. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, pretty great. Right. As as uh, as much as there are other themes that clearly are 
more impressive, you know, as like an really orchestra wonderful and like music, the composition. Yeah. But Terminator is kind of a simple sort of uh, synthy type of '80s yes. thing. Is second to none to me. And again, when that pops up, like I have a whole list of like movie themes on my on my phone, you know, on my like iTunes or whatever yeah. for when I'm on the bike or something. When that one hits, it's like a power <laughs> song for me. I mean, truly, yes. I'm burning more, and I, I just I get so excited. There's something about that, do 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 do, you know, like that, and all of it that comes in the melody over that, and I just I love it so much, yeah. man. That, yeah, yeah, that puts me in the mode immediately. You know, with the first couple, it's of a notes. it's a world, and that music helps. Um, so yeah. let's talk about your hidden gem. Um, go go for it, and I'll chime in. Let's when I can. do so. The other night, I got to give full credit to my girlfriend for this one because mm-hmm. she is the one who heard about this um and it's called uh derek delgadio's in and of itself um it is a stage show that was filmed you can now watch it on hulu if you have hulu um it's really difficult to articulate i wanted to bring it up i don't want to talk too much about it uh, although i'm going to talk a little bit longer than normal hidden gems because i feel like it kind of cheapens it and i don't really God, this sounds so pretentious, but I think it's kind of beyond words. I think it's something that like a, it's a real work of art, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that needs to be experienced. Um, I, I, I've been thinking about it, not nonstop, but I've been thinking about it consistently since I watched it a few nights ago. I immediately jumped on social media the minute we finished and said, guys, check this out. I saw I your posts and I friends, watched it immediately. Yeah, yeah. And said, check it out. Um, it was a kind of thing where I guess I would say I've seen a lot of magic shows. This guy is a magician. He is a performer. I've been to a lot of kind of underground artistic, you know, shows that are like this. Um, so Point I break I, live, the, you know, things just the, like, this. well, nothing's yeah. that good. Um, no, but the, you know, the, 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 the thought I had in the first 30 minutes was, okay, I've seen this before. And then it went somewhere that was just different. I, it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the form that was different. It was the subject matter and what it kind of took on um, that was different. And I I guess the best I could explain it, I've actually now I've looked and watched this guy on. He was interviewed by Stephen Colbert, who was one of the producers. And a lot of celebrities actually went to these shows because the way it's presented in the filming on Hulu is they filmed hundreds of these performances, presumably. And they kind of spice them together for one show. But it's the highlights from different ones. Yeah. Um, and you see different celebrities. I mean, Bill Gates is in the audience yep. at one of these. And I remember turning to Jess when we were watching it and I said, can you imagine having picked this show and going to it? I mean, I would have leaned in if I was watching it with her or you, I would have leaned into you guys halfway through this and been like, you realize we're experiencing art like a work yeah. of art right now. Right. And that's rare. As much as I love every all of this kind of stuff, every now and again, I'm like, we're so lucky to have experienced this because the show only runs for so long. Anybody yeah. can watch it on Hulu. I'm glad they can. But to have been there, yeah. I can't imagine. And I guess this is the way it was described that I think was the the best description I've heard um, is it's almost like an existential crisis Mm -hmm. show. Um, The thing that's different about it, I don't – the tricks are incredible. I don't know how to break down certain things that happen like any magic show. Yeah, that's all great. That didn't matter to me. Um, This is something that is about – the human experience to me, the human condition. It is about the search for connection, um, identity, how we define ourselves, uh, people we pass every day, individuals that to you are a blip on your radar, but you don't know their story and you, whatever you judge them as, even if you know them at work, you, you judge them based on, again, your lens, your perception of them. And they're, and you're not wrong. It's just, we are all deciding what things are based on what we know and what we've seen. 
And all of us only know certain things, even with our friends, like even with the people we're close to our, our family members. I think all of that kind of came into my mind while watching this. That's what that turned on all of these thoughts to me. I had trouble getting to sleep the night after yeah. I saw it in a good way. Um, and so far, I don't know what you're going to say about it so far. Everyone that I've sent these messages to, I'm probably about 10 for 10 on people watching it and not necessarily they had the same reaction I did, but everybody has been like, you know, wow, has basically been Mm -hmm. the response from most people. So I don't know what you're going to go into on it. And maybe you didn't get this experience at all from it, but I just can't recommend it highly enough. It's the most unique thing I've seen, not this year, but in a long, long time. And it is not a traditional film or TV show. So I don't know exactly how how I'm, I'm, I'm connecting it to those things or comparing it. But if you asked me in, you know, 10 years, hey, what did you watch in 2021, mm-hmm. you know, that stuck with you or 2020, because yeah. there's some yeah. variation on when it, when it was set. I mean, that's really going to be a thing that I that I bring up and I remember. And I just I don't know what else to say about it. I know I'm, I know I'm rambling. It's because I can't find the words, but I'm just very happy that I saw it. Well, and everything yeah. you said, I agree with. Um, it's an incredibly powerful uh, filmed performance of a one man show. And, uh, just technically, um, you know, it was also directed by Frank Oz, who is yes, yes, Yoda and uh, Miss Piggy <laughs> and a wonderful director. <laughs> the last thing he did that I remember paying attention to, and it's one of the last things he did was death at a funeral in 2007. So that was a while ago. Um, yeah, he made yeah, one of my favorite movies, uh, Bowfinger <laughs> and, and so many, many other things, you know, dirty rotten scoundrels and all kinds of things. But, um, but anyways, so that's the level of person that this attracts Frank Oz, who presumably doesn't probably want or need to work and, yeah. um, decides to direct, the filmed version of this one man show. So that's pretty significant in and of itself. Once I saw that, I was like, Oh shit. Um, and then you see it and you know, I was trying the, it's actually part of the context of the show is that, um, trying to describe the show is unfair in and of itself. And that's part of the show. Um, but, um, it's like you said, the magic in it, the, the tricks, the illusions are, are top notch. They are absolutely top notch pen and teller or better style tricks that are the least interesting part of what is going on at any given time. And that's saying something, um, because it is slow and it is emotional and it's kind of a journey, um, that, for some fucking crazy reason, he was able to replicate every night for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows. And I I don't know what's going on in this guy's head that he's capable of that because it shows um, like maybe more empathy than I've ever seen from a human being. Um, But it it shows, uh, it shows like a very deep kind of uh, not understanding, but attempt to understand people uh probably more than anything you'll ever see um and so i you know i think a lot of people are probably cynical about it being kind of this new york underground style of art uh Mm -hmm. maybe not underground but you know what i mean um but i think that it deserves probably yeah a lot more a lot more attention than it's getting i.e this is a pretty new release on hulu i think it's a 2021 release Yep. And it is not 
anywhere on Hulu's main page for me anyways. It's, I went through new release movies. I went through, uh, you know, stuff for you, like every category and the fact that it wasn't anywhere and I had to like, okay, what's it called? I'm going to literally type it in that that's pretty rare when you have a, an original release now in coronavirus that isn't just there. Um, makes me think that it's probably not going to get the attention that it deserves. Um, But uh, I think all opinions are fair on this, but I I would tend to agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, Yeah, anybody that's listening, you know, just check it out and, you know, just watch it. Yeah. If you don't feel the same, you know, certainly that's, you know, let anybody know. But, um, but I, I just so far, I'm, yeah. I kind of can't wrap my head around it or wrap my head around how somebody wouldn't experience the same thing. And I think what you right. touched on, Kelly, is is true, that level of empathy. I, I think this is something I should have mentioned before. I think the thing that was different about this is as good as this guy was, and like you said, as much as the illusions were top notch, he really turns the focus on the people who are there. And that was unlike any show I've seen like this, too. It's, yeah. it's always the attention is always on the person doing the trick. What's so moving about this is it flips it all the people in the crowd and you're seeing them in their faces and the people you would be around if you were watching the Mm -hmm. show. And it's them having this emotional experience that just that you just connect to or I connected to on such a level like like that I was there. And we did this watching a movie version of Watching a fucking movie. That's That's what I mean. If If you were there there, you could feel that energy. Holy shit. Unbelievable. every, Every one of those people. So if there were 200 people in the audience... 200 times that's a huge amount of people yeah uh, it's yeah. probably more than that actually but uh, a huge amount of people that he's affected significantly um who probably still are reeling from that when it was filmed a year ago you know or i had tears in my eyes or whatever uh, oh yeah i cried for sure times. a couple of times i mean times, i yeah. i just can't i can't go on enough about when it when you see and, people and, cry it's hard to not cry when yeah, you when yeah. the tears are real and they're not yeah. They're not from pain and they're not from not even really from happiness. They're tears of of like severe internal struggle. Um, It's hard to not struggle with them, you know? Yeah, Right. right. And again, I I struggle with I mean, I've talked to you about this. I'll just say it. I, you know, sort of in moving back in in leaving L.A. and then moving in, you know, with my mom for a while after my dad passed and moving back here. I, you know, maybe this touched me more. Also, I think it would touch anybody, but. You know, I, I struggle with identity now. Like, who am I now? Sure. For the longest time, I, all I was really, my only really prior, priority in life was, you know, be a filmmaker or writer, you know, for the longest time. So it is that thing of like, okay, well, how do you define yourself? He even talks about how very few will end up, you know, the job is what people will ask. What do you do? Like, that's the thing they'll ask yeah. or whatever. And that's who you are. And and very few people are the thing that they choose to be. Like, sure. right, if all things are being equal. So what does that mean? And, and you know, well, then what really are you? Or, you know what I mean? Should we dig deeper? Should we not? Is it anybody's fault? What you see is not what they see. And all that stuff really just struck true to me. Everything in this kind of struck truth to me. And like the Matrix, you know, it has to be seen. Yeah, it can't be, it can't be explained. <laughs> yeah. So just check it out. Uh, I, you know, I know this is the longest I'm ever going to talk about a hidden gem, I'm sure. That's if I'm okay. lucky, I'll talk about one this long. I think long. it's but, deserved, yeah. But man, it's just it just hit me like nothing has hit me in a long, long time. His so, name is Derek Delgadio, and he is um, a pretty, pretty interesting guy. Uh, and it's yeah. called uh, In and of Itself on Hulu. Um, I think that's good. I didn't actually have a hidden gem, so that's good. We just following that, that. I think uh, it yeah, would no, be tough <laughs> this um, week. Sorry, I can, I can follow so it with, "Hey, check out our Broken Arrow commentary we released." Yeah, hell yeah. Ago. 
That's an awesome one. Um, I mean, I, that's I, honestly, I that's better than what I just talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of empathy in Broken Arrow is amazing. Oh, you will cry. You will uh, you cry will during cry, Broken yeah. Arrow. Um, that was a fun commentary to do. I, I like yeah, Broken so Arrow much a lot. Fun. And, and having just watched, watch. we watched Face Off a couple of weeks ago too, so that was a good double watch. Uh, and I watched Mission Impossible. It's it's all, it's a, it's a John Woo month. Um, and some movies are fun to watch with a conversation. I, to me, this is not me ringing our own bell, you know, cause no. we did the commentary, but I just think broken arrow is a, is Perfect. a good movie to right, have yeah. conversation running during. Cause there's a lot of stuff. To talk this about. is why like the, how did this get made? Like con air face off double, you know, thing yes. they did live episodes is the so best. satisfying if they just, did they, I don't think they've done Broken Arrow, but I I don't know that they will. They should, uh, but they should, <laughs> right? Because yeah. it's really these are all of the same uh, thing. So, yeah. anyways, yeah, um, I think we should go. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that's, that's all. I don't have <laughs> anything it. else. All right, love buddy. you guys. See you next time. <laughs>